Welcome to the Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast in the Dolph We're here to paint some miniatures and talk about the hobby, so why don't you sit back, relax, grab a paintbrush, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Geeks of the North, your hobby and gaming podcast in the Dolph As always, I am your host, Paul Filio, here once again with the delightful and, might I say, quite handsome Antoine Bruchereau. Hmm. You're pushing it. <laughs> Eye of the Beholder, Antoine. Eye of the Beholder. Sure. <laughs> You're my man crush, buddy. Sure. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Don't need to be shy, Antoine. It's okay. It's okay. How's it going, buddy? Uh, going good. That sounds less than convincing. I'm just a bit under the weather, so... Ah, nothing, nothing major. Sore throat. Thankfully, I have not lost my voice yet. It might happen. We'll see. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one that uh, I'm recording uh, while sick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, working on a model, and I went to paint his teeth and realized they just weren't there. <laughs> now I'm painting his toes, which uh, the ends of are just not there either. So we'll just put some white dots on them ends of the knobs that I presume were once his toes. And we'll move on from there. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, no, no luck required. He's done. He's done as this ugly butt is ever going to get. <laughs> yeah. Pulp City, they can't all be winners. Nope. Right? There's that. <laughs> uh, it's a style thing, too. No teeth? No, but <laughs> some of those... Geriatric style. Other don't... Yeah, I think, um, listen, I, I, I kind of realized what they were going for when they designed him. And he's fine. He, he is actually fine. Um, he's just not what I would have done. And he's got the strangest nipples I've ever seen. But I'm painting them anyway. His nipples look like fruit roll-ups stuck to his chest. That's okay. <laughs> he's wild man, after all. I, who knows what he's been doing to them. Um... Don't get your nipples pierced, children. This is what happens to them when you get older. <laughs> Tangent! Okay. So this model uh, is a cautionary tale. Exactly. <laughs> this is what happens when you do crystal meth and get your nipples pierced. You lose all your teeth, and you get to weird deformed giant nipples that look like fruit roll-ups stuck to your chest. Children, be warned. You know, and that, that last 30 seconds of conversation pretty much guarantees this will be one of our best shows ever. <laughs> just saying. I, at least we'll get a couple laughs out of it, I'm sure. There'll, there'll be someone who'll comment on it. Because fruit roll-up nipples are a thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I limited the number of paints I had out working on my model so that I, I wouldn't, like, have 80 paints on my desk and lose the paint I was looking for. And apparently it didn't help, because now I have maybe 30 paints total in my tray. And, like, 15 on my desk. And I still can't find the paint I'm looking for. Well, sorry, 15 in the tray, 15 on the desk, and I can't find the paint I'm looking for. <sighs> it sounds like a song. Still not helping you. So yeah, I'm painting a little bit of a uh, little Pulp City Wild Man here going on. And I've also got on my painting table uh, some blacksmiths from Guild Ball. And uh, the limited edition Solthesian Gutter from Guild Ball. Oh, she that's a cool one. Yes. Yeah, she's, uh, I've just primed her tonight by hand. And I've got the Sultesian, um coin, uh, on my desk as well. Coin? That's the name of the snake, right? That's the snake? Okay. Uh, I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's, it's coin because he's eating the bag of coins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the turtle is, uh, lockbox, I think, or strongbox. Yeah, strongbox, yeah. The... Yeah, that's the turtle. So, yeah, I'm, I'm painting the... Uh, well, at some point I'll be painting the snake. <laughs> he, he is currently, you know, primed. And like all Guild Ball models, there was no instructions in sight. But now I think I'm realizing that the ball that comes with this is supposed to go on top of the pedestal the snake is on. And even if it's not, I think I may paint it that way. But we'll see. I mean, I already have a cool uh, coin model. I have the little tombstone of him. Yeah. Which is good because I have the undead Blackheart to go with him. 
Like the ghost one? Yeah, it makes a good combo. Yeah, exactly. It looks really cool. And we got some of my painting table. Uh, Little Red Riding Hoodoo from Pulp City. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it right now. I got a judgment figure here that someday I'll finish. Poor Bastion. He's not done yet. Wow. No, You've worked on it for a long time. You well, started him a long time. Yeah, I started him at Adepticon, painted most of them, and then I, I think I worked on it one evening for about an hour while we recorded when we got back, or when I got back, I should say, and then I haven't touched it since. Um, the intention to touch it, so that was my dryer going off, if you hear that buzz, because um, we're doing laundry before we go on vacation in a couple days. All right. The intention was to paint him um, and paint all my judgment stuff up really quickly, but uh, yeah, that just hasn't happened. I, I can't even tell you why. The models are gorgeous. The game's a lot of fun. Just not feeling at the moment, so we're working on some other stuff. Well, you painted so much so fast before Adepticon. I, I may have uh, OD'd a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know why. But that's okay. What, uh, what are you working on, buddy? I didn't have anything ready to go. So, and I even looked through my drawers and didn't find anything that was primed that I was inspired to work on. So, I grabbed the closest model on my table, and it's uh, a model for Arnaix. Oh, nice. Who is it? Who knows? The, it's the character that also have a mounted version. I don't Ewan? remember his name. Yep. Isn't it Ewain? Yep, yeah. yep, that makes sense. See? See? I pay attention. Yep. So, uh, the foot version right now. Also, well, I saw him on your desk last week when I was over. Yeah, well, it's been there since... Uh, since before your daughter was born. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's four. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. No, I, I cleaned it when I cleaned everything for uh, before Adepticon. When we painted the, no, before, um, Captain Ken, when I painted the other, my other models. But I have, uh, three models left to paint. So I win, I win the mounted version. And. On, uh, what's his name? Dex Dexterius. The, uh, Dexterius. The War Horse. And the last model, I don't remember its name, but that's the one that looks like, uh, Caesar. With the, the one-armed warrior. Yep. So I have those three. They're they're clean. They're pinned. Their bases are even painted. I painted them some weeks ago when I had the other bases I worked was working on. But I already had the enough model to play the smallest point size, so I I made a stop on them. But now I don't have anything else that I wanted to work on, and he's there, so might as well paint him. And he's a very nice model. Yes. I'm like this poor guy that I'm working on. The um the other fun thing is that I, I painted this guy using a bunch of random colors for the flesh tone. Now, it's always cool when you do stuff like that, folks. But there's a lesson to learn in all this. And that's when you mix three or four colors randomly to make your flesh tone, you should probably take note of what they are. If you want to repeat it. Because when or you chip the model Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to correct it, um, and you don't know what the colors were, you uh, appear a bit foolish. Especially if you tell everyone you did that on a live podcast. Or on a podcast you're recording, I should say, because it's not live. Man, that would be a train wreck. Can you imagine doing a live podcast? It wouldn't be that bad, but we couldn't paint at the same time, I think. We were, we had a better, uh, a more consistent flow when we were not painting. Really? I don't know. The, the, uh, it's because the editing removed the the, the white the space, pauses? the pauses, yeah. while That's we had true. less pauses when we were not being at the same time. That uh, is probably a fact. I cannot, uh, I cannot deny that. <laughs> I, I forgot that I edit the show every week and remove, you know, ten minutes of dead air. Fair enough. But we're in the realm. We're in the the. Uh, the era of the live stream now, Antoine, sure. where uh, where people can play video games badly and uh, be paid for it. Of, well, I wasn't going to go there, but certainly get people to watch them. 
you want to live stream or show. I have a camera. I can do it. Well, like you said, since most of the time my head's down painting, it's like live streaming my bald spot to people. That doesn't sound very appetizing. Well, uh, we should probably uh, stream what we're painting. The paint cameras. Oh, yeah. yeah and the, our faces. <laughs> Though I do have a face for radio. So. Yeah. Hey, I think I may have found some of this guy's teeth. To replace all the real paint, but that's okay. In his back pocket or something like that. Something like that. I'm now uh, painting him with uh, Style Res uh, Light Flesh Primer. Because that color apparently is awfully close to what I was doing for my flesh tone highlights, so we'll use that. No one will know. Unless, of course, they listen to this podcast. <laughs> in which case, feel free to call me out on it when you see me at uh, Temple Con or whatever. <laughs> Captain Ken? Uh, yeah, that. I could time travel and go back to TempleCon. Mm-hmm. I've got a DeLorean and a flux capacitor. I am in a silly mood, apparently. It's a lot of work to show off a bad model that you talked about the podcast in the future. <laughs> you know, this is a tangent I'd like to continue exploring, but uh, it's going to go nowhere relevant and or useful. <laughs> our, our time traveling painting live stream. The the only thing you could really make work work is uh like painting competitions. The level was really different back then. Oh yeah, if I could travel back to the nineties and enter painting competitions, I would rock. <laughs> I may not win still, but I'd definitely uh, be up there. Yeah, would you would be known. That's funny, eh? How how the level of the artistry has changed. Like, really, miniature painting... I'm going to quote Matt DiPietro for a second. And for those who don't know, he's a uh, very well-known miniature painter um, from a traditional art background, I believe. And he was the staff painter at Privateer Press for quite a while. He's uh, His company is Contrast Miniatures now. And he kind of spearheaded and championed the whole painting style that GW is capitalizing on now with their contrast paints. Um, Sketch style that he's coined. That's as he calls it, yeah. Um, and he at one point said that uh, the best miniature artists who have ever lived are all alive today. And if you think about it, he's absolutely correct. Even people who were doing dioramas and stuff 10 or 15 years ago, still did not paint miniatures to the level of artistry that we see now. And it's only getting better. Right? We're seeing all kinds of people applying traditional 2D art concepts um, to models and producing some amazing stuff. And, you know, as, as people develop techniques and show off stuff and, you know, drive each other forward, it's just getting better and better and better. Yep. Yeah. But all I have to say, yes, if I went back in time, I could have been a painting god. <laughs> it went from uh, me, probably not winning, but at least being up there to god. <laughs> Aim high, Antoine. Okay. No one's ever succeeded by aiming for second place, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Oh, god. I'm tired. That's okay. I, I record funny stuff when I'm tired, apparently. So. I should record sleep deprived all the time, according to some of our listeners. But isn't that what we do anyway? Most of the time, because we're parents. Uh, getting my exercise in. I love paint nights because uh, it confuses my uh, pedometer and my Apple Watch. It makes it think I've run a marathon because it's the hand I shake paint with. <laughs> <laughs> you killed your goal today. Y yes. Yes. I did burn 36,000 calories today. You are absolutely correct. God, never, never goes off by that much, but, you know. Exaggeration for effect is an art form. Um, yeah, so what were we talking about before I uh, went all over the place for the last 10 minutes? Uh, what I was working on. Oh, yeah, what are you working on? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, you're working on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, sorry. We discussed that already. I was testing you, you passed. Yeah, I, I have other stuff out. But it's all model prep and cleaning. 
I, I didn't want to do that on the show. I also wanted to work on some bases, but they were not ready, so... But he's not out in uh, plastic art and stuff, so... Another time. I hear you. And there's a bunch of models I wanted to paint more than this one, but they were not ready. But he was there. Yep. Sounds like my high school relationships, you know? A bunch of girls I want to date more than this one, but this one was available, so... That's it's not how high school works usually. Oh, no comment. It's probably safer. All right. What have you worked uh, on in the past couple weeks? We were, uh, were yeah. Off. We took last week was off. Uh, couldn't. I went away for part of the week and couldn't couldn't get things to happen. Yeah. Uh, wait, no. Last week I was here. I was just lazy last week or something. I don't remember. There was something that we couldn't we just couldn't make. We were busy <laughs> coming back from from vacation. Uh, these things happen. Um, I've worked on a lot of Pulp City. So, I've painted... Oh, what have I painted? Um, a bunch of models that no one will care about. But So, I finished the Ace of Wraith, who I think is who we were painting... I was painting last podcast. And then since him, I've painted uh, one, two, three, four other Pulp City models. And got a good start on another. So that's that's basically all I've been doing. Um, you did some now of the 3D sculpting too? Well, the bases I think I already discussed last podcast. Yeah, but not the uh, billboard. Oh, yeah. Well, that was actually done before the bases, but I don't think we ever discussed it. You're right. So I made a, a billboard terrain billboard, blah, blah, a terrain piece for Pulp City, which is pretty cool. i got to refine the um, the model a little bit. Uh, I realized the way I'd done it was not necessarily bad, but not the optimal way to, to design it. So I'm just going to do a quick little redesign and fix it all up. Um, looking about pretty nice. Yep. I think it'll work well. I'll prime that up and throw some paint on it. And yeah, and that shouldn't be too difficult to. Nope, not at all. And maybe I'll, uh, I'll weather it a little bit with some some secret weapon minis, uh, weathering acrylics. Throw them in the airbrush and spray some, some rust spots or some darker spots on it. Can't have it be all new shiny metal. It seems wrong. Yep. The only thing I didn't do, I realized, is I didn't put a, like a frame on the back of the billboard that was showing. Like the model's pretty low detail level for that. So mm. I should probably add some more details there, but we'll have to see. And for what I'm, for what we're using it for anyway, I don't know if it really needs to be super duper detailed. No, I think fine like it is. Already have a, a good presence by the size and the shape. So yeah, the nice artwork you did that I'm going to print out and put on the front. So that's going to be good. Um, and I guess I'll go into my games too. Uh, played a few different games. We played some Pulp City, and uh, I'll wait to talk about the, the last game with you uh, when we get to your section. And aside from that, I played a little bit of Guild Ball. I played two games this week. One, uh, I played uh, the Church of Soltesius versus our buddy Chris's uh, Miners. And uh, I won that. That was um, Chris's first game with the Miners, though, and he didn't have a good grasp of the team. So I, I don't really count it as a victory. Um, it was more of a learning experience for him. But fun all the same, because it's always, always fun playing with friends. You know, if you can play more casually. Yeah. Uh, and not take it super seriously. <coughs> Steve. And, um, then I played Steve, and, uh, now I'm off Guild Ball again, and I don't need to play it for another six months. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's actually a great game with Steve. And, uh, we talked about it in our, uh, Guilds of the North episode we recorded tonight before this show. So I won't go into super detail, but it was a lot of fun. We're trying some new models that are going to be released uh, later this week. Uh, on Thursday, which is the day we're launching this cast anyway, so. Oh, and I, some I of took them a- were released on the date of the recording. Like Knuckles for the Fisherman was previewed yeah. today. Yeah. But the Gaffer only comes out on Thursday. Okay. So, Thursday afternoon for us. So, I can't talk about a super secret tech till then. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was fun. Uh, I think Knuckles will be a, a regularly seen player um, for Fisherman teams going forward. He's certainly a different feel than the other fish players we have. How about you, buddy? What you, what you worked on? I finally finished my Primate of Mystery on his Zoltar box. 
That looks amazing, by the way. I, I cannot say enough how awesome that base looks and how bad it makes every model I've ever done look. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> it's it's kind of true, yeah. It's uh, it's okay. Though. I, I'm really happy with how he came out. Uh, I find the box a bit bland, but it's a base, oh. so <laughs> it's yeah. fine like that. It uh, needs to show up the model on top, so it, I think I, I stopped at a good amount of detail. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, my wife still goes on and on about um, how she wishes uh, she'd married you instead of me because of your artistic talent <laughs> and how, how amazing that model looked. Uh, when she saw it here in our game, mm-hmm. a true facts, Antoine. I'm not making any of that up. That's uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> there's a whole lot of uh, wow, that's amazing. Why can't you paint like that? You know, can, can you sculpt like that? Uh, no, dear. Oh, well, your your stuff is nice too, I suppose. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. So your Zoltar box may have ruined my, my marriage, but that's okay. It's it's a great looking model, and um, yeah, not sure it was worth ruining your marriage though. So, <laughs> well, it wasn't much to ruin anyway. No, I'm kidding. In case my wife ever listens to that, I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't remember if she was done during the last show, but I finished uh, Major Luna for Aristia. I think I was painting. No, you her you were painting her. Um. You may have finished her. I think she was done by during last show. I, because I, I finished her before finishing uh, the Primate of Mystery. So He's I'm not so too mysterious. sure. I'm a big vague on that that model exact finish time. Well, time travel will do that too. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, apart from that, I painted three more terrain pieces for... Uh, Pulp City or any modern uh, tabletop. Uh, I wanted some more sizable pieces, so it's three garbage containers, two more uh, sci-fi or slash like uh, medical waste enclosed containers, and an open one full of garbage. Well, not just full, uh, like a dumpster that's that's open. Yeah, but with stuff in it. Yeah, with stuff that. Oh, goes out. Uh, it's falling out of it. Yeah, so it's just, it's, I'm not sure the words you're looking for. Yeah, Sorry, I'm all over the mic uh, right now. I'm looking it's, for. It's filled up to the rim. Uh, let's say. <laughs> I realized that full I did to it, bursting. Yeah, uh, bursting. Yeah, I realized that it wasn't glued the exact right way, but because of the the way the the casting wire is made, when I glued it, there was no other way to fit it, and I should have. Uh, trimmed a bit more to push the garbage patch uh, a bit further into the container after seeing a, a painted piece by uh, MicroArt or by uh, Antenna Cities. Oh, oh I, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so now it's kind of flush with the top and it shouldn't have been like that. Well, it doesn't It, it, it doesn't... works too, but... <laughs> it just looks like a full garbage container. Yeah, yeah. Really full. Uh, did that. Uh, I've cleaned my other civilians. So I had a pack of civilians from Pulp City Kickstarter. I already painted the, the cats and the dog, but there's a small family of four, uh, too, and uh, they're clean now, ready to be pinned and painted. Uh, and I did some cleaning for a Relic Knight to uh, get my Doctrine uh, playable. Before the summer ends, yeah, I gotta get uh, I gotta get my Ralph Knights done. They're they're still on temporary bases and stuff. I need to to paint the proper bases. I did, I did some. Yeah, you started them right. Yeah, I have no idea how I did them though, because <laughs> they're kind of like a NMM style, a bad NMM, mind you, but NMM style. And I I, I don't know how I did it. I'm looking at them now, and I'm not quite sure how I did it. So. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Someday I'll learn. I'll write stuff down. Yeah. But today is not that day. Today is not that day. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. Uh, there wasn't that much of in the past two weeks. So. Well, it sounds like there was a pretty good amount. Yeah, but like finishing the primate, 
It was done like a week and a half ago. <laughs> so. Well, it's summer, right? Family obligations. Yeah, a lot of uh, time out during the weekend, uh, away for the pool. Family stuff. Biking yeah. with the kids, family stuff. So, yeah. And what little free time I had. Uh, we've, I've been playing more uh, this in the past few months, so less hobby. And I've been uh, watching a bit more TV, so... Something I doesn't do usually, but I've been watching TV with my wife, and I don't paint during that time. I only paint when I watch stuff uh, alone. So. Now, why is that? Is that because you consider it rude to paint while you're watching TV with her? No, I, I've not. I'm not set up to uh, to paint in the living room. Probably a good thing. Yeah, when I when I do want to paint and watch, probably something I've already seen, just as a background noise or. Uh, I do that in my uh, at my painting table with the the computer, so I, I think that's fine like that. It's just uh, less productive <laughs> when uh, we get into a show. So yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> so now I've started another model. I've uh, got Solar on his temporary base, and I'm uh, another Pop City model. I'm throwing some black prime around him by brush. I'm inadvertently going to paint uh, the same superhero team you wanted to paint. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's all I could find. <laughs> yeah, I'm switching to something else instead of working on them. So, go ahead. What? What are you going to work on? Uh, you're, you're not switching because I'm painting these guys, are you? Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're I painting them. Uh, I'm not switching and selling them. But I won't work on the same things you are working we're the last, uh, the the only really two active player, so we might as well try to get stuff the other doesn't have <laughs> on the table. Oh, but don't worry about it, Antoine. Like, there's enough variety on my side that. Uh, oh yeah, well, yours too, if you want. Uh, right? That's why. Uh, it's not like I don't have other choices. <laughs> so I'm tempted by the grim, just because I like small gribbly things. Like, you know, anyway, with the all the goblins and the animals and the other... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every small It's kind of your creature. household life, yeah. yeah. But it's the only faction uh, uh, G has. So... So, again, it's the other player in the group, right? With the, yeah. So... We'll probably skip them or wait to have a, another faction. So, it's probably either going to be, like, generic villain, uh, a mixed team... Uh, no, not a faction one, but just a random models I like, or maybe the uh, Supreme Alliance. Well, to be honest, the the team I'm building or that I'm painting right now, that for my heroes, is really kind of random. It just happens that half of the random guys I pick fall into the same like uh, faction origin thing, right? They're yeah, yeah. models, but that wasn't really the intention. Yeah, it's limited also by what you were able to get. Most of what we bought was used or a surplus from other players. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do have the whole um, Bloodwatch team, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I those models are not super highly detailed. Some of them, so much. So I, I kind of didn't. I, I repainted a few kind of poor. Uh, models. So I need to have a stretch of a couple of nice models before I go back to painting stuff that's just getting painted for the sake of being painted. Because mm -hmm. I did uh, Androida, uh, Iron Train, uh, Wild Man, and uh, Rosie all in a row. So it's kind of like a poop sandwich. <laughs> you know, I gotta have good stuff before and good stuff after to cleanse the palette. <laughs> Um, so Solar is a really cool fig, and uh, I'm also enjoying enjoying uh, Red Riding uh, Hoodoo because she's also uh, quite a nice sculpt. I find. Yeah, because the Solar sculpt I have is the new sculpt, the more recent one. So, well, yeah. I like them both. So, yeah, yeah. Th there's nothing wrong with the original sculpt either. Uh, just this one's a bit bulkier, mm -hmm. and the the pose is uh, a little more dynamic. He's not just floating in the spot; he's like lunging forward. Yeah. Though I think for the color scheme, I'm gonna um, 
use something from a, a hero that I used to buy the comic books for. A guy named Quasar, who had a costume very similar to this. And uh, I kind of like his color palette, so I'll probably paint him like that, as opposed to the uh, baby blue that Solar has uh, painted in the fluff mm-hmm. slash uh, studio paint job. Nante looks bad in baby blue. I got nothing against baby blue. It's a very nice shade. Um, but I don't particularly want to paint it. Got to follow your heart sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's what I did for uh, Zoltar. I started, I painted him uh, like the the one in big. And it just didn't work out for me. So he ended purple. Purple is your color choice. Yeah. <laughs> so not surprising. How are we doing on time here? Only 36 minutes. We're far more efficient than I expected. That's saying something considering how much rambling we've done. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about our game a little bit before we go into our topic. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we played... <laughs> similar factions have, as we've played in the past months as we got into Pulp City more seriously. So again, uh, your Red Republic versus my... Ape Revolution Community. I still love that name, Ape Revolution Community. We went for a big game, so we played 12 uh, levels. Uh, the game was enormously long because we were playing it while chatting and eating supper and taking care of the kids and whatever. So uh, a game which probably should have taken about three hours to closer to five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, yeah. And we had the time. We started early-ish. Mm. Yeah, because we, we knew could've. we had time for that. Yeah, so. which which made us worse for time efficiency. Yeah, as is usually the case as well. <laughs> but it was um, it was a lot of fun, and and uh, my wife loves the fact that I'm playing this game now, and it's the first time I've ever seen her interested in any of my miniature games at all. And my wife is a is a comic book nerd, and you know she she likes she likes comic books and action movies and stuff. So she finds Pulp City, like, super cool, because it's like stuff happens on the board. You don't have to imagine it, because, you know, you see that car has been, it's no longer where it was. It's now upside down on top of another model, or next to the model, because you hit them with it. Um, it's on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's we get the little fire tokens out, you know. And I get to use terms like rocket fists all the time. Yeah. So, how does that not make a good game? And yeah, it was a. We played a, a, a simpler scenario this time. Like there was less less objectives. Well, we played the a main plot, but we yeah. you decided to skip the agendas, which are the uh, sub scenarios. Yeah, which is always an option when you uh, you play Pulp City. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was we were playing by the book. Yeah. It's my option as to whether or not we we have the agendas, right? Yeah, as the because uh, I was player two. Well, it's not player two, it's just I pick I, I, I decided the, to pick yeah. terrain. So you had the choice of what we were doing with the agendas, and you decided to skip them. Yeah. So we just had the main objective, which was uh basically three if you played forty K it's like there's three relics on the table and you have to sort of grab them and get to get at least two of them back into your deployment zone. Yeah. Or at least have them under your control. Yeah. And there's a varying amounts of points you get depending on if you have them under your control, if they're in your deployment zone or not, etc. Yeah. The, the scenario is called the quest. Yeah. So, um, ended in a tie. Yep. Which really is like a victory for me against <laughs> Antoine. I almost never beat Antoine at anything, so. I feel like uh, I just did that uh, rocky run up the steps in Philadelphia or whatever. Um, but it was a good game. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, as usual, uh, Silver Rager, my big monkey with the uh, extra ar- metallic arms, went out first. I think it happened in my last four games. Uh, he is often my target of choice. I I won't lie. Yeah, uh, even playing with Hyom, he all, he was also the first one to go. So, but he plays kind of far up. Yeah, uh, I think I should. Threat. Yeah, I should probably stick to throwing stuff instead of trying to attack with him. 
Well, I leave that up to you, but personally, I like it when you run up with them. Yeah. It gives you a target. <laughs> I, maybe. And it's a better target than the little lemurs that just bug you. Oh, those lemurs. <laughs> those lemurs are like the, the devil. Well, the I, fact that you can respawn them. Yeah. I voluntarily did not play them this time. I appreciated it. Believe me. <laughs> That's why I didn't poison your pizza. Yeah. And I did find that I was lacking <laughs> scenario control. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, they're so mobile. Yeah. It's the fact that they're everywhere. Well, that's just it. And they're not just worth attacking for you. Is it a three-point unit or two points for three? It's one point. They're level one. But you get three models. Three models that all activate together. They all move and they all count as a model for scenario and other uh, reasons, like uh, crowding out and, well, uh, mobbing. Uh, scenario control, and, and that is why they are BS. Yeah, <laughs> they get no love from me. Yeah, but I was uh, my thought was we're not gonna play another control scenario. We're gonna play something else this time, and we ended up playing another control scenario. But this well, time it was generated, right? So it, it was specific points instead of a zone on the table. I think they would have had less of an impact. Then when we do uh, like quarters or stuff like that, but still they could at least have been uh, at the wrong place at the wrong time for you. Yeah, or at the right place with the wrong time. Give me yes, they could have hindered me because they're quite fast, right? They're speed five, but because there's three. Well, speed five in this game is quite fast. Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, it's I think it's average. Okay, my guys are just all slow then. Because most of my guys are speed four or less. <laughs> well, you all, you have the only speed three guys I know. <laughs> and, the, and the one guy that I have that's faster than speed four is uh, Perun, who isn't even from my faction, right? He's It's an alternate version of him that I'm playing in my faction. But he wasn't originally part of the faction. Well, he still counts. And your cat is fast, too, but usually likes to sit back, so... That's true. The cat is quite fast. And he's also speed five. Yeah. yeah, but good game. We ended up each controlling one of the quest markers, and the last one was in the open, and none of us could reach it. Yeah, so we both lost. <laughs> yeah. We ended up with zero points, and there were no agendas, so a big zero to zero. <laughs> After five hours of play. <laughs> you know, that kind of makes it sound like the game is poop. Just, just saying. Oh, no, the game was super fun. And there was yeah. not much left on the table. Uh, Model-wise, we had... I had two. And I had three, I think. From your initial 11 and from my initial six. Yeah. And there's the zone, uh, like the middle zone, was clear of objects. Well, we'd thrown a lot of stuff around and we'd beat thrown, each other to death with a lot of things. Yeah, and I started destroying stuff just so you couldn't throw it, throw it at me in the middle of the game. <laughs> to stop preventing you from having munitions or extra dice with your uh, fists or in maybe for your other guys who could use it. So Yeah, you just didn't want me picking up trucks and hitting you with them. Yeah, you know. I, so I just started shooting at trucks with stuff that couldn't reach you anyway, so... At least it was not wasted activations. That's a good point. I should start doing stuff like that, too. I never think of that. You're so clever. Well, I have more models than you. I have some pretty bad models that don't really affect you. And also I have blasts. Yep. So it's a bunch of reasons that means it's easier for me to do something like that. Like, if you waste one of your... uh, Six model activation to just destroy uh, a trash can. It's big. If I shoot one of my minion into a a blast into the middle of three or four objects, destroy them all, then it's easy. Yeah, it doesn't matter that much. It's a valid point. Yeah, it's a valid point. All right, uh, shall we go into our topic and talk a little about our hobby holders? Yes. So. Um, you know, we were talking about um, 
you know, what to, what to discuss in the show. And we'd uh, discussed this week, um, how the GW painting handles were actually a pretty good value for what they were and how they'd gotten a lot of flack when they launched. I didn't get that much flack. I think the main one that got flack was the uh, specialized one with the pincers. Yeah. But I, I saw people talking about, you know, blue tack on the paint bottle. You know, yeah. The, and then we just started talking tonight about how, you know, we never really discussed hobby holders. There's a lot of options now because people realize there's like a need. And I think it all started with the Rathcore, didn't it? Wasn't that the first kind of painting holder? First, uh, pretty more, uh, commercial, like, commercial one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Rathcore is a, is a beautiful tool. It is. Wood handles and it's you the high end one. For the but fancy benders. <laughs> yeah, it is quite expensive. Um, I don't know what price is. Did you happen to look at that before we started the show? Yeah, but I, I lost the link, so I don't have him uh, near me. Okay, well, uh, buy time while I Google it quick. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, we might as well, uh, before we list stuff, what do you use? I I use the GW painting holders. Um, not... You know, not because I'm a GW fanboy or anything, just because that's what I had. Um, They're cheap. Yeah, so, you know, people say fun tack to a paint bottle is cheap, and it's true. Um, I've never really had much luck with that. I always had models shift while I was doing it, because fun tack isn't the most solid thing ever. Yeah. So uh, it was never my... That was never my first choice for how to paint. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, uh, if I do a model on, of a higher quality, I'm not going to paint it on its base, which means that uh, the Game Workshop holder doesn't work that well for me. So, uh, like the model I'm painting right now, the uh, Ewain for the Ironerix is on the cork. So it's uh, a cork and it's pinned in the cork. And I have... Uh, a foam rack that I did to put the corks in so I, I can have multiple uh, pieces that I can work on at the same time. But for more uh, gaming pieces or stuff that doesn't matter that I don't want to go super high detail that I, I do paint on the base, I do have uh, one of the Game Workshop holders and I really appreciate it. One thing I like less about it is the spring that being... Uh, like uh, there was one in Kickstarter where you could there, there like was a button. No, there was a button to uh, uh, open the spring. Oh, okay. Because I find that when I try to slide it in, if I I slip yeah, a you bit, can, you can like, slingshot your model. It slingshot the model, and I destroyed a couple models or more <laughs> doing that. <laughs> so I'm known to uh, drop stuff. And putting stuff into the Game Workshop holder is also uh, a difficult... Challenging? Thing. Yeah, challenging <laughs> for me. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I've never slingshotted stuff or had issues, so yeah. I, I can't really comment. I did it multiple um, times. <laughs> I've had sometimes trouble getting stuff in when it's near the maximum size of the holder. Also, the, uh, I find that the uh, round-lipped bases are more prone to slipping out. Well, and it's the like it was beveled edge, for, yeah, yeah, and it happens even when they are into the older. Not just slingshotting, but just I'm painting. After a while, maybe the the model was a bit heavy and it falls down of the older. So, mm. see, I for working on, I actually glue most of my models to uh, forty mil beveled edge bases. Yeah, I've done that for uh, bigger, or thirty, or 30 bigger mil, models. I say. Yeah. Um. 32 mil, not 40 mil, sorry. Because uh, I have a bunch of spare ones. Yeah. And then I just pluck them off that and put them on my round base that, that I've done on the side. When I painted the Judgment model, uh, the um, the Orc, the Orc Shaman, that's what I did. I, I glued a 40 mil under the base and worked, uh, worked on the base uh, that way. It's flat, so there's no place you can put your fingers without touching something or ruining paint. So that's a valid point. Uh, I may, I may actually do that because I have the uh, larger handle, mm-hmm. 
So I and I have a bunch of like dreadnought sized bases for forty k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the bulk pack one, so there's the round top. So I may actually do that, so I can uh, use a larger surface and glue it to the bottom of the um judgment model. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, not lose it. Yeah, yeah. So that's mainly what I I do. Some like for fast, really fast model painting, like the I did for the masons for Gilbo, like the plastic ones. I just painted with the base right in my end and did some cleanup. It's not the best way to do it. <laughs> it's probably the worst way to do it, really. It's it's suboptimal. Yeah, we'll say that. But I only yeah. have one older, so that was the uh, the easy way to do it for me. <laughs> I didn't want to get yeah. five other olders just to paint them in the in <laughs> in a row. Yeah, I've I've got um, four of the small holders and two of the big ones. Um. And I've seen people with like up to 10 to paint units. And I think it's a good idea. If you have the, the spur chains to do that and you, you want to paint the yeah. workshop style. Uh, it's not cheap. No. Um, but it's, but it's on the it's affordable sales compared it's to other about options. 100 Canadian or so, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of the, yeah. And if you look at the Wrath Core, like we were talking about, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, uh, you know, wood and brass and cork and it's got a holder and it's, but it's, you know, 28 euros. Well, that's a, a good 40 bucks. Yeah. So, yes, the Rathcore is nicer, but it's hard to compare it, right? You're comparing a $10 plastic thing to a $40, you know, wooden thing. It's, it's not the same. Um, and then you have the, uh, another one is the hobby holder, which, uh, I actually got given one at Depticon. And it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a, uh, a plastic holder with the, f- with a finger guard, like the Rathcore. Um, but it's designed to f- use bottle caps. So you fun tack your model down to the bottle cap and you screw it onto the top of the hobby holder. Or you pin it to the bottle cap too. I've seen people do that. Yeah. Or some people, they can also, uh, t- put cork in it yeah. and you can use cork in the hobby holder. Um, and that's pretty interesting as well. It's easy to exchange models you're working on while they are drying instead of having multiple holders. Yeah. Well, you, you just have the top and multiple, right? And the yeah. handle you pop the top off of. And yeah. yeah. So you just uh, unscrew it and uh, put a model. And, out. and you know, that's one thing I never understood about the GW ones, right? Because GW ones, the uh, handles screw in. Yeah. But, but they don't sell the top separately, right? Nope. They don't, so <laughs> there's not much you can do. <laughs> I think it's, it's the same threading, I think, as a tripod. I think so. So, like, I guess for if you could photograph your stuff, I don't know. That seems weird. Okay, so this one is. Um, yeah, I think the the hobby holder is uh, has some neat ideas. Mm-hmm. I personally don't care for it that much. Um, because when you start looking at the top part and then plus the handle and everything, you're getting into some not super expensive, whatever, but it's, it's like a 20 buck, uh, $20 set at that point with the, uh, the handle and the grip and all that. And, and I don't know if it's really worth twice as much as the GW one at retail. That's just my opinion. Of course, your mileage may vary. Well, you get the finger guard that you don't have on the, uh... Absolutely. Uh, But then there's another option, if you know someone with a 3D printer. Yes. uh, You can produce full-size painting handles with the finger guard with everything. Um, There's free STLs to manufacture these things. And the cost in filament will be minuscule. Yeah. If you have the 3D printer already, then it's affordable. (laughs) <laughs> but nowadays, like, you can get, like, libraries have them, uh, maker spaces are easily accessible. Yes. Schools have them, like, it, the technology is not like it used to be, right? It's not mm. a rare thing anymore, so. Yeah. And there are a lot a, of viable options. There are multiple options on just Thingiverse, the, the free yeah. repository. Mm-hmm. We've seen at least four or five when we looked, and that's at least a year ago, so there's well, probably more they- available now. When the hobby holder went on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. that design, I found the same design on Thingiverse. Yeah. 
Now, mind you, a 3D-printed item won't have the same finish as the injection-molded hobby holder or whatever. But still. Uh, depends on what you want, right? You want yes. The, uh, you know, a low-cost alternative or the, the fit and finish of the mass-produced you know, consumer product. But uh, uh, one thing I can say is that, you know, the painting handle really does improve um, my quality of life while I'm painting. Yeah. I never really thought much about it until I started using it, and I realized, wow, that's that is a lot more comfortable. I have a better grip on the mini. I'm not rubbing off as much paint by touching it because I, I used to hold just the base. I never stick them all down. Anything. And you get cramp holding the base. I, I never had that problem. But oh, I can no? see that happening for uh, others. Yeah. I have that. That's one of the reasons uh, I, I use cork now, longer cork, so I have something to hold onto. Yeah. And it's even better with the uh, the bigger painting handle. I find, but. No, I think uh, I think there are, uh, a painting handle is a good investment no matter what you buy. And I know a lot of people scoff at it still, but uh, I, I really think it is better than the Funtac to the paint model alternative. Well, that's certainly better than nothing. Yeah, and at the price it is. Yeah, it's it's one of those... F- I don't, I don't want to... This is going to sound like I'm throwing shade at GW. But it's one of those few GW products that I think is actually value-priced. Yeah. I think at $10, it's an excellent value. And that's 10 Canadian. That's almost, yeah. that's what, a buck US, something like that? Something like that, 35 cents, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the large one, I think, is 18 or 20 Canadian. So it's, uh, and that'll hold some, some big models. They also have a third one with the, uh, like, uh, movable oh, arms like, with the yeah. pincers. So you can basically set the thing up for gluing, for the glue to dry. And hold, use the arms to hold the parts in place. Yeah, I, I have one. I find that the I have pincer in arms in mine. How do you call it? the, the clamps. claws? The clamps. Cla- I don't like the design of the clamps. I find that they're hard to use or to do anything worthwhile with, especially as I do usually pin stuff. They're too small. They they, they don't fit. You cannot fit a pin anywhere in the clamp. There's too much uh, open space in it. So, uh, it doesn't fit the use I would have wanted for it. But I can see for, just for gluing plastic for bigger models, uh, that's, uh, that's probably a good option. Like for bigger uh, Game Workshop models, uh, that's probably a good way to do it. And it's to hold the things while the glue is setting and stuff, right? Yeah. But yeah, so that's our two cents on that topic. Mm-hmm. Do we have? Uh, do we have some? How are we doing on time? Are we? Uh, do we have a show yet? Uh, well, oh my goodness, we're at an hour. Yeah, we are. We are good. Do we have a couple news topics? Uh, yes, we have a couple exactly. So oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, first one, Black Sight Studios Night Heaven. It's another line of. Uh, MDF terrain. However, it's fantasy themed and it's pre-painted. So there's not a lot of those. That, that particular mix is not available a lot. And it's Night Haven. And it's a fantasy and not historical. So the, the buildings are a bit more. Uh, yeah, frou-frou. Colorful. Uh, the, yeah. the shapes are a bit more interesting, less drab. So it's a pretty cool product. They have a, a, a whole village setting. You can get uh, the That's town really good, I think. of Night Heaven for 280, 280, and you get something like f- six unbroken buildings and two ruins and a bunch of streets and uh, paved yeah, roads. That's, that's a really good value, I think, for for what's there. Yeah. Since so just assemble and, and play, right? Because there's no painting involved. Nope, nope. That's all people, good. People are going to say that sounds expensive, but MDF terrain is not cheap. One. No, no. And two, pre-painted, or in this case, it's probably uh, pre-printed. Yeah. Like uh, Muson Minis does for their Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I guess, um, too. It's uh, it's really high detail, really nicely done, um, and you're going to save so much time on it, like, it's, it's worth every penny. Especially if you have a club or something, yeah, some other people's you want to share the price on. 
uh, is worth it. Like for any uh, more urban fantasy games, think uh, Frostgrave, Mordheim, uh, Relic Blade, Burls and Badgers, and the list can go on. Man. It's all good stuff. And they even have a, a castle that's made in the same line that's compatible with it. Yeah, it's a lot of cool products. I'd never heard of this company before, Black Sight Studio. They have a lot of neat stuff. Definitely worth checking out. Is this, uh, it is kind of, uh, Cthulhu esque. The Ark and the Crypt. Well, I could spend all day, uh, <laughs> looking at this stuff. I like the Fallout bunker. Yeah, they, they have a anyway. lot of stuff. So they have, yeah. like, we've mentioned the Night Haven, not Haven. But they have other um, teams. They, they have sci-fi stuff, post-apocalypse stuff, a bunch yeah. of options. So Even uh, historical, too. So Very cool. You can probably find what you want there, for sure. Uh, the other uh, product I wanted to mention is a Kickstarter product, a, kick, a crowdfunding product on Kickstarter. It's Battletech Clan Invasion. So this is a new Kickstarter by Catalyst Games to add clan minis to Battletech. The all their new stuff, the new redesigned stuff, were all for uh, Inner Sphere models, but now they are adding uh, clan miniatures. And so, uh, this uh, makes me recall my misspent youth. Yeah, that like when you get to the page. The mech that's on the box is the Mad Cat or Timberwolf, if you're a, a, a clan uh, on the clan side, and that's the mech that made me look into the game. Yeah, that was the Mad Cat was the uh, the iconic um, clan invasion mech, right? Yes. When you think of it, that's the one everyone thinks of. Yeah. Because that was like the most unique design. I think a lot of the other ones are just redesigns of. Like modernizations of inner sphere mechs. Yeah, and even then, that that one is a kind of a mix of other mechs. Yeah. But just that mech, uh, most of the battle, especially the miniatures were really not that good. No, when it definitely. came out, even clan stuff. But I always found that the the Timberwolf <laughs> had a slight edge of quality <laughs> compared to other ones I, because it's so yeah. iconic. They they put more time on that one, or it just looks better. <laughs> it might just be that I like the uh, overall shape of it better than the other mix. And still today, uh, if I like one of the only reasons I've not pledged to get it, it's there's only one uh, Timberwolf in the box. <laughs> I couldn't get more than one. <laughs> now you keep call- I've never heard it called a Timberwolf before. Uh, the uh, Mad Cat is the uh, inner. Sp- Inner name for it because it looks like a mix of a marauder and a catapult. Timberwolf is the clan name for it. I did not know that. And I played a lot of Battletech back in the day. But that might have been in later, f- maybe they, in later in fluff, fluff or stuff like that, so I don't know. I, I know the two names for it. I but I'm not uh, versed into uh, uh Battletech lore at all. I just know from glancing at it. So I never really got into it. I liked, I liked that mech, and that's about it. I did play a bit of the MechWarrior games and stuff like that, but never more than that. If you want to get into the game, uh, you can pledge. I think the first pledge with miniatures is, well, the first interesting pledge with miniatures is $50. That's the Star Commander. You get a Clan Invasion box set, which came, which comes with, uh, five miniatures, including that Timberwolf. Uh, and the box comes with everything you need to play. So you don't need to get one of the, uh, regular starters to be able to play. You can just start with that. Right. And that's $50 US. <laughs> After that, there are, a bunch of options. There are extra box like heavy mechs and uh, common mechs and everything. So you can get uh, further boxes and special dice and add-ons and stuff like that. They are. They also have new uh, plastic mechs for the inner sphere, not just for the clan. So lots of options. Uh, the Kickstarter 
just started or uh, at the end of last week they are now uh already at nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, with twenty six days to go. Yeah, twenty six days at the time yeah, they, of recording. They had a thirty thousand dollar goal. <laughs> yeah. They're at nine hundred thousand dollars US uh with twenty six days left. So I think it's safe to say this Kickstarter will be successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless the total economic collapse of the U.S. happens in the next uh, three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Barring that, though, this should be successful. That's awesome. Everything old is new again, right? Yeah. I intended... I, I'm not really tempted to play the original game, but the Alpha Strike faster rules it. Maybe. So... Uh, well, you don't want to fill out your little sheets with the circles? Uh, it's not that I don't want to do it. I, I find it interesting. It's just the game is long to play. Uh, I, uh, you know, I used to be a bit of a, a BattleTech master. Oh yeah, I I went for, um, I spent more time in Sejap playing BattleTech than actually going to class. <laughs> so um, I uh, had an undefeated streak through Sejap. And were you doing a custom mechs and stuff like that? Nope. Nope. I always played the same mech, which was the awesome, which was an 80, 80 ton or 85 ton mech with uh, three PPCs and 28 heat sinks. <laughs> but it only moved three. So it was, it was slow and steady, but, uh, 30 points of incoming damage every shot, uh, really hurt. <laughs> oh, the good old days. So, some p uh, some players locally have started to get back into it with the uh, plastic boxes. So it's uh, so long. It's so long to play. A game. Yeah, but they, uh, they I know they, 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 I, they mostly yeah. play the uh, Alpha Strike uh, variant, which yeah. are faster. So, well, it's not hard to get faster than the original yeah. BattleTech, right? Because original BattleTech, we, we play like one like duels, almost like one on one or th- you know a three man free for all or whatever. Yeah, or maybe a couple a couple mechs each. Like, uh, do a combined tonnage, 175 tons or whatever. So you'd have, like, three to four mechs. But, like, the games would take forever. But, because it was on a hex map and stuff, it was much cleaner than modern miniature games. There was well, less yeah. left to, uh, you know, uh, you know, can I see it? Can I not see it? It's, count the hexes, you're in range. Is there a hex that has something in between, you know? Yeah, no? it's okay. a mix of a. It was more on the board game board side game. or war yeah. game side, like uh, to the encounters. But so like that's one those, it. It one of those old SSI games, right? yeah, or whatever. Tank Commander. Anyway, yes, this has been fun. Let's do this again next week. Yeah. Before we close, there's one thing yep. we want to mention. Well, we don't want to mention, it, but Yom Force our ends. <laughs> And we're uh, well. I don't want to mention <laughs> it because we're we're cold-hearted bastards. Yeah, and, uh, no. it's a good thing to mention. Uh, yeah. Once again, this year, he has painted for the Nova Open Charitable Foundation. They do uh, uh, painting uh, raffle. Uh, this year, he worked on a Monster Apocalypse uh, two-player set. He painted the uh, I think it's Gorgodrod name, the the Planet uh, Eater monster. Yeah, big big monster thing. Yeah. And uh you can get what what you get is a full playable list of planeter versus a full playable list of guards. It's a, a bunch of painter work in on it. Uh, you can get tickets until the beginning of September. Uh we're mentioning the monster apocalypse set because Yom uh, worked on it, but there are a bunch of other stuff. So just go to the Novobin Foundation website, look at the list of raffles, and there are always amazing stuff. And you can help them, help uh, help people, and get some cool minis if you're lucky. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think they change who they're sponsoring all the time. Like the different raffles sponsor different organizations. It's all non-profit stuff. And, yeah. yeah, it's all for a good cause. Children's hospitals and the like. And who doesn't like children's hospitals? Aside from perhaps chick- sick children. Um, ironically enough. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a good cause. Go and support Yom. Go and support uh, yeah. gamers doing something good for other people. We'll have a link in the show notes to the NOCF. Ooh, acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. 
And that's that's all. Yeah, I've uh, I've successfully primed like three models during this whole podcast. Look at me. These are very expertly primed. I ain't gonna lie. All right, Antoine. I'll uh, see you next week then. Yes. It was a pleasure as always, sir. See you next week, and bye, geeks. Thanks for listening to Geeks of the North. If you want to contact us, you can email us at geeksofthenorth at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeksofthenorth, or follow us on Twitter at geeksofthenorth. You can follow me, Paul, at PRFilio, Antoine at Eltonio Berg, Steve at B underscore Steve, and if you really feel the need, I guess you can follow Yom. He's at Yomasta. Breaks and outro music by Ladrave. You can listen to them at ladrave.bandcamp.com. See you next time, geeks. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find All Us Geeks, a podcast that discusses board games, movies, television, comics, Kickstarter, and many other forms of geek culture. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.